We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Everybody, Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, join our Facebook group at Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. This week's guest is Lorraine Ball. After spending too many years in corporate America, Lorraine said goodbye to the bureaucracy, glass ceilings, and bad coffee. Today, you can find her at Round Peg, a digital agency on Carmel, Indiana, building smart marketing strategies for businesses who want to use internet marketing tools to grow. Lorraine is also the host of More Than a Few Words, a weekly marketing conversation for business owners. In her spare time, she loves to travel and take photos. You can see her photos at LorraineBall.com. Lorraine, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Lori. It is so nice to be here. I'm excited to have you here, especially because you are in the world that I love, which is marketing. Um, and I always feel like my guests um, have, whenever there's marketing experts, it's just so much fun. We, we can get really geeky at times. <laughs> I love um, to geek. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what marketers do, right? Especially when we're in the digital space. So let's talk about that a little bit. You actually started your agency in more of the traditional sense, but migrated to digital. Um, How and when did you know it was time to make that transition? You know, that was such a, I would love to tell you that I strategically planned that out, that I, that I saw this whole digital thing coming and I anticipated. No, actually what happened was we were doing small business marketing and I hired a couple of young professionals who were like, you know, you need to take a look at this Facebook thing. And this is, you know, going back 2007, 2008 or whenever, you know, right in that time frame. And we started looking at it. And what we realized as we were looking at it is we were working with small businesses who didn't have a lot of money. And we saw this like wild, wild west where there weren't a lot of rules and there was a lot of opportunity to make a big splash on a small investment. And that's what really intrigued me so much about the early days of digital marketing. And, you know, it's gotten a lot more static since then. But in the beginning, it was a great place to try out so many different things. And one morning I woke up and realized that that was most of my business. And uh, I've never looked back. I really enjoy it. That's awesome. And I I agree. It was definitely the wild wild west. And to some extent, there is that chaos, but I feel that it's getting, there is more strategy behind it. Um, Why don't you share a little bit about some of the lessons that you learned during this transition? I think the biggest lesson that I learned, it took me a little while to figure this out, was that marketing, the basics of good marketing, knowing who your customer is, knowing what their pain points are, knowing what your objective is when you have a conversation with them. And and a conversation can be a television ad, it can be a direct mail piece, or it can be a social share on Instagram. Starting with who your customer is and applying all the same strategies of traditional marketing 
to digital marketing makes your campaigns much more effective. And so, you know, I said earlier that it was kind of the Wild West, but as digital marketing has matured, understanding that I have to go back to my roots as a classic marketer and apply that same strategy makes the content much more effective, makes drives the results and makes everybody a lot more satisfied with the content we're putting out and the results that we're getting back. Um, Absolutely. I I agree with all of that. I mean, it, it really, marketing is marketing regardless of the tactic or the tool Mm -hmm. that comes that foundation remains the same. That's so true. And that's allowed us every time a new platform comes along or a new opportunity, we started with email marketing. That was kind of our first foray into digital and then social media platforms and first pace, Facebook and Twitter. And, and now, you know, as we look at all the video platforms and, and all the different opportunities, as long as we return to that core, it all makes sense and it all works together. Totally. Love it. All right. So let's talk about networking because that's really the focus <laughs> of the show here. And, you know, networking really does tie into marketing. It's about creating relationships and, and nurturing and, and building trust. Um, but oftentimes when people hear that word networking, it's, it's scary. So can you help our listeners remove any fear that they have around that by sharing one of your most successful or favorite networking stories? So I love networking. I have to admit that when I first started the business, I was a bit of a networking junkie. I didn't have a lot of customers, didn't have a lot else to do. So I was running around to any, any and all networking events until I kind of created a little strategy there. But my, one of my favorite stories is I was in BNI when I first got started, and I thought that was a great way to learn the basics of networking. And one of the rules in BNI is that if you can't attend an event, you have to invite someone to take your place. Mm-hmm. I called a friend of mine who was a, a marketer, so I thought she'd be a perfect replacement, and she couldn't come, but she said, you know, i got this friend, Eric, and he is trying to get around to all the BNI chapters in the city. I'll hook you up. He'll take your place. And so I was like, great. And we chatted on the phone and Eric took my place. And I wrote him a thank you note and we went off on our, our merry way. Two months later, I'm at a different networking event and I'm walking through a doorway and coming through the doorway at exactly the same moment is this very large gentleman. I mean, he's built like a football player. He's, you know, six, three, six, four, big. And so I do what I always did at a networking event. We almost bump into each other. I step back and I said, hi, I'm Lorraine. To which he replies, I'm you. (laughs) And I'm looking at this guy and I'm thinking, in what world does a guy who's built like a football player think he's me? Okay. I think it's funny. It is funny. So I I, I take a step back because I'm not quite sure he's all there. And I ask him, so why do you think you're me? And he explains, he's Eric. He's the guy that attended the networking event in my place. So I start to laugh and I told him what I was thinking. And Eric was a contractor. His customers were homeowners. I was running an agency. My customers were businesses. There was no reason for us to really do a follow-up networking event. 
except he made me laugh. And so when he suggested that we grab a cup of coffee, I thought, you know what? Every now and then you just have to spend a a half an hour with somebody who makes you laugh. Mm -hmm. Well, we had coffee and we had coffee again and we became friends. And what we discovered was even though our markets were completely different, he would run into people who needed me and I would run into people who needed his services. And we had a great referral partnership. We ultimately started looking for office space. We, we decided that we were going to buy a building. We bought a building that we could house both of our businesses in. And uh, eventually I bought him out and he's gone on to other things. But all of that, I would never have had the courage to move out of my home and, and buy a building. Um, I can't tell you how many different customers I have relationships with today because of that. And it all started because he made me laugh and because we recognized that as people, we really liked being around each other. And um, so that's my favorite networking story is that, you know, um, being willing to have a conversation, even if you're not quite sure there's a business reason to do it. I love it. There's so many fun things about this story. Um, first off, that he was you and you didn't really know him. <laughs> That's pretty um, adventurous, I'd say, is trusting someone else to wear your hat that you've never even met before. <laughs> Well, but you know what? And that's the power of the re- recommendation because uh-huh. my friend Sandy, I trusted implicitly. Mm-hmm. And when she said to me, you can, you can trust this to Eric. He's going to do a good job. I thought I'm good. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. I agree hundred percent that that recommendation, as long as you have the trust in the person that's making the recommendation, you, you, that trust is carried over and you automatically trust that person that is being recommended. And that's why having such a strong network is so powerful. Um, but I think it's great that you actually ended up becoming business partners in essence in the Mm -hmm. building. Um, and who, (laughs) I love that story. I love the obscure networking stories. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing that with us, Lorraine. Now, can you share a little bit about how you nurture these relationships? You know, regardless of the size of your network, it's extremely important to maintain and nurture your your community and your your relationships. So one of my favorite strategies is every now and then, and I particularly do this when the phones stop ringing, Uh, you know, when, when business slows down, I go through my address book, or now it's my online address book, but whatever. And I make random phone calls. Um, And I'm not doing it to sell anything. I I will call people who I've met in networking events. Maybe we've collaborated and I haven't heard from them in a while. And I just randomly, hey, I was just calling to touch base. Now, pre, pre all the COVID stuff, I'd be like, You got time for a cup of coffee? Mm -hmm. And what I found is if I would make 
five of those calls a week. They don't take long. Every one of them makes me smile because these are people I genuinely like. Mm -hmm. And all sorts of things come out of those conversations. Number one, it just reinforces. In some cases, it just reinforces the connections. In other cases, I'll get a, you know, I, I was just talking to someone and I I didn't think about you, but I'm going to hook you up. Or someone mentions maybe, hey, I'm going to this event or this conference. Or one of my favorites was, it was somebody I'd known for a long time. And I called her and she said, you know, I'm so glad you called. Um, I'm moving to Florida and this will be a great opportunity to say goodbye, which was was great. Well, then as we connected, she said, you know, I'm, I'm selling the business. Let me introduce you to the person who's buying it. Hmm. Had I not picked up the phone at that moment, she might already be in Florida. I might never have had a chance to say goodbye, but also I might not have had a chance to build that relationship with the pe- person who was taking over her totally. business. Yep. Yeah. That definitely makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. I love that. I think it's so important to to reach out without intention of something happening. Mm-hmm. You know, it, yeah, and and also, um, you know, I'm old school. I get that it is a generational thing, and I know that I often horrify some of my younger employees when I say, "Well, just pick up the phone and call them," and they're like, "Oh, that's so invasive." No, it's not. Um, and we are inundated with emails. And so every now and then just pick up the phone. Mm -hmm. That's a nice reminder to me to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, there's a lot of truth to that and it's appreciated too. The other, you know, people have to answer the phone too, but there is, there is a lot of truth to that. And you can have some amazing conversations and and catch up and, and step out of the hustle, and mm-hmm. bustle and, and, you know, stop and smell the roses a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, psychologically, the other thing, the other reason I like doing that is um, my sales trainer is like, you have to make X number of cold calls or lukewarm calls and you got to follow up on quotes. And sometimes those sales calls beat you down a little bit because you got to hear a lot of no's before you hear a yes. Yep. And so interspersing some friendly voices um, and having just some light conversations actually uh, makes me smile and makes me more confident. Because if you come off of a call where you're like, that person likes me and and we enjoy each other's company, this next person is going to like me too. And I know it's a head game, but I think it's it's really valuable to be in the right headspace when you're making sales calls. Actually, it's a great little strategy. Start your sales calls with a call of someone you know that likes you. It's a good, positive conversation. And then get into, so your energy's up and you're happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a great yeah. idea. Yeah, because right. if you if you go into those calls defeated, it, it just spirals. Yeah. Oh, we've been there. We've <laughs> all been there. <laughs> all right, Lorraine, what advice would you offer that business professional who's really looking to grow their network? Um, I think that you, uh, have to kiss a lot of frogs and I think you have to be particularly in the beginning willing to kiss a lot of frogs and just 
go to a lot of events and meet a lot of people, but don't go with the intention of shoving your business card in everybody's face and talking about yourself. What you really want to do when you walk in the door at any networking event is meet people and look for those people you want to have a longer conversation with, because it is that follow-up conversation that will tell you whether this is a connection that's going to go somewhere. And if you approach each conversation with more of your detective hat on, who are you? What do you do? Who are your customers? Is there a place where we overlap? Questions I like to ask are, you know, tell me about one of your favorite projects. Because if somebody starts talking and they light up and they're excited about their customers, that's somebody I probably want to hang out with. And if they immediately start with, oh, you know, I'd love my job if it wasn't for my customers. And, and I've heard that often. That's not necessarily somebody who approaches business the way I do. I don't want to hang out with them. And then one of my other really favorite, favorite networking questions is, hey, have you been to any other events that you think I might like? Mm -hmm. um, I asked that question twice in, um, in my life. And both times I ended up in organizations that had dramatically, uh, just dramatic impacts on my business that maybe I would have found eventually, but I found it exactly the right moment because somebody said, you know, I think you'll like this group. And I went. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that question too. Um, I've, I've met so many cool new people mm -hmm. because of just asking that question, which is great. Um, all right, Lorraine, if you could go back to your 20 year old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of less of, or differently with regards to your professional career? I think the first thing I would say is be braver sooner. You know, the, uh, I don't want to say the older I get, the more experienced, the more comfortable I am with my gut instincts and my ideas, and the more comfortable I am speaking up, and the less likely I am to sort of second guess myself. Mm -hmm. And I was as smart, I might not have had as depth of experience, but I definitely was smart. And I think I spent a lot of time in the early years hiding that a little bit and couching my suggestions or taking a back seat to um, someone else. And, and particularly, I was a, a woman in a lot of male-oriented industries. And so there's certainly a lot of that in play. But I think I would, uh, even when I started my business, I had some male peers who basically said, you got to raise your price. You're worth more than this. And just being braver sooner and being, being willing to just say, no, this is what I think. And it's okay if you don't, if you don't get that. I love that. I think there's a lot of truth to that. And it's interesting that you commented that male peers shared that. Cause I think this is something that women tend to have hesitation and reservation around mm -hmm. um, where, where men just, they have a, an automatic level of confidence. <laughs> um, 
It sure feels that way sometimes. It, it does. Um, but, you know, I think that there's a lot of uh, things changing in the world right mm-hmm. now um, to help elevate and lift women and empower women. Um, so I think that's great that you had the support from your male colleagues to encourage you to do that. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Very cool. All Thank right. You. I'm going to give you the opportunity to interview me. What's something you'd like to ask me? Okay, Lori. So what, what was it about this area of networking that appealed to you and encouraged you to create an entire podcast just really focused on that? Yeah, so networking is something that I learned myself. I was never formally trained. I mean, I went, I have my master's. I I did all the schooling. (laughs) Uh, Well, not all of it, not the PhD level, but I've done a lot of schooling. Um, And that was something that I feel should have been included in the curriculum. Um, And I, you know, as I taught at the local university for a few years, I really put a big emphasis, you know, as I was in the school of business on the importance of networking. And I decided that um, this topic, it would be a great channel to focus on because it is all encompassing when it comes to business. Every person that is in business has to do networking. So it it is a common thread amongst business. um, And it's something that really need, it's, it's extremely important. I mean, if I look at any Anyone that's starting a business, the only way you're actually going to generate new business is by connecting with other people on some level and letting them know that you exist and that you have an offering to provide. And that is the the basics of, of networking. Awesome. You know, you said something there that really resonated with me, this idea that Everybody is networking and I real, you know, the network, everyone needs to network. And I realized that even in my corporate days, I didn't have a name for it, but I was networking. And one of the vice presidents said something to me. He said, you know, when we send a territory manager out into the field, they have to have seven contacts in corporate. And I said, well, well, who are the people? Who do they need to know? He says, no, it doesn't matter. They just need to know seven people who are in seven totally different departments. So when they have a question, they call one of their seven contacts and say, hey, I know you don't know this, but I bet you can hook me up. Mm -hmm. And that idea of seven people is exactly what networking is about. So when you were talking about the fact that everybody has to network it's not just business owners. You're absolutely right. Everyone has to network. Oh, for sure. Everyone does. I mean, it's uh, that's how you find your next role professionally, you know, your next, your next career move. It's how you, um, it isn't just for professional purposes though, too. It's also personal, you know, that's mm-hmm. how you find your, your babysitter. That's how you find, you know, <laughs> someone that's going to walk your dog, you know, I mean, this is, someone this is how you find that next house you're gonna buy a lot of times it's because of the people that you know and and the relationships and that established trust that you have therefore you trust that recommendation as we opened up this conversation with Mm -hmm. I love it 
Absolutely. Lorraine, any final word or advice to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? I think that I would suggest that you never stop building. Don't ever feel like you know all the people that you need to know. Often, I think business owners get into this, um, it's almost a high school attitude. Well, you know, these are the people who were in business when I started. We've grown up together. This is, this is my network. It's kind of like my graduating class. But you know what? When I was a junior in high school, I had some friends who were seniors and some friends who were freshmen. And my senior friends graduated and they went off somewhere else. And so those younger people coming up were, or newer people coming up were, were bringing and filling in gaps. Uh, And that I think is also very, very true of your network. You may have that core, but always make time to bring some new people in for some fresh ideas, because also some of those other folks may roll away for one reason or another. And it's not like you have to have that same sort of high level of, I've got to build out an entire network. But after several years of doing it and you have that solid core, you always want to be on the lookout for those one or two new people who are going to just add that extra spark and help you grow a little further. I love that. I think there's so much truth, truth to that. Um, and just keep keep the doors and opportunities open is really mm-hmm. what it is. And be a resource and help other people grow their network as well. You know, don't just be the one that's getting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> give, oh, give, give. no. You, you know, it, it doesn't work. It, it doesn't work if you are just me, me, me. Some of my favorite experiences really tied to when I introduced two other people and they became kind of the power couple. Every time they got together, they remembered who made the introduction. Oh, yeah. Those are the best, aren't they? (laughs) Yes. Yes, they are. Oh, that's great. All right, Lorraine, if anyone was interested in getting in contact with you, what is the best way that they can reach you? Well, um, I am Lorraine Ball on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on um, Instagram. It's Lorraine F. Ball. My website is roundpeg.biz. There's a contact form. And my podcast, More Than a Few Words, is available wherever you listen to podcasts. That's fantastic. We will include all of that information in our show notes. Thank you so much for being on the show today. My pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. This was such fun and it was so nice to get to know you. Absolutely. Great conversation, especially when it comes to the marketing space. All right. This wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Lorraine for taking the time to connect with us. If you'd like to continue the conversation on networking and building your community, just join our Facebook group. Go to facebook.com and search for Social Capital Network. If you need me, send an email to Lori at socialcapitalpodcast.com. Otherwise, We'll see you next week. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.